Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Am I ready? Am I really ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Um, I think I'm ready. You ready? Let's play the theme tune. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt. I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, Snowflakes. How are you, Steve? Um, well, I'm slightly of, of better spirit than I was on Tuesday night, I think. Okay, well, we'll get to that. We will do the news. Yeah. Then we're going to speak to Jerry About Tuesday About night. Tuesday night, because she was there in the thick of it. Not about Manchester City's capitulation at Newcastle, <clears throat> which also enraged me. Yes, well... It was not a good day, Tuesday. I've got to say, Monday wasn't a good day, either. <laughs> How was Wednesday? Wednesday was much was much better. Because Liverpool only Monday, drew. Monday I got an unexpectedly huge tax bill. Ooh! Uh, and then uh, BT Broadband, who are now 12 days overdue on delivering my broadband, told me that it but would be delayed indefinitely. If they would like to sponsor the pod. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had the same thing and when then I moved, and but then not Tuesday, with BT. Obviously, the football team that I support capitulated yeah. horrendously, yeah. and the fools of Westminster capitulated horrendously. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, and, and Thursday, was that all right? Thursday, very nice. Very nice, okay, but very cold. Nice. Cold, foggy and cold. Anyway, Brexit, anyway, also foggy and cold. Brexit news will yeah. do... Yeah. Then we're going to speak to Jerry about what it was like to be amid the chaos in Westminster on, on Tuesday. Yeah, causing um, the chaos. Yes, quite possibly. Um, she, di- she didn't get uh, as lost as I did once in Westminster. It was, uh, it was years and years ago, about the second time I ever went in when I ended up in the kitchen downstairs. Did you? Yeah. Oh. I mean, uh, glasses of wine had been taken at that point. That's good. On my part. Um, and then we will crown, of course, a Brexiteer of the Week. But firstly... Let's not talk too much about Tuesday night, the actual goings-on, because Jerry's going to fill us in. But um, the EU say no. No. Well, Nine. The EU, yeah, well, that's what we expected them to say, isn't it? So it surely can't come as any surprise. And, it, you know, and to be honest with you, it hasn't really come as any surprise, has it? Do you believe them, though? Uh, yes, I completely believe them. Um, I think the only way that you will get a... a Major, you might get a slight fudging of some uh-huh. language or a statement saying, um, you know, we pledge to do this a bit more quickly and all of that. But the only real change is the that's on the table is is the is the change that some members of Theresa May's cabinet who now feel the the, the sort of the more left wing members, I suppose, yeah. or, or you might call them more sensible members of the cabinet. Yeah. The people, um, the, the people like Amber Rudd and, and Greg Clark, have, who, who appear to be 
Sorry, what a strange but, world when we're referring to uh, Amber Rudd and Clark as left-wingers. Right. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> more, more, more to the left of the party, perhaps. But, you know, there seems to be some, there seems to be some recognition from, from that bit of the Cabinet that they were outflanked on Tuesday uh-huh. and they, you know, they might try and attempt to steer Theresa May back towards something mm-hmm. which would, might please the Labour Party... Might um, you know it, it might put Norway on the table, yeah, or some sure. variant of Norway, which of course the the EU have said that's fine. You could have that. So I I think that um, I, I hear a lot of people saying the EU do everything at the eleventh hour. They'll definitely come towards us. There'll definitely be more to. And so I was shocked um, to to hear what Jean Claude Juncker and, and Michel Barnier said after the vote on Tuesday. Yes. Um, this is what Jean-Claude Juncker said, um, that the, the deal was the best and only deal possible. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think room for manoeuvre. Um, the debate and votes in the House of Commons yesterday do not change that. The withdrawal agreement will not be renegotiated. So I don't know, I think he's softening. So plenty of wiggle room there, <laughs> I yeah. think he's softening. And, yeah. and then uh, Michel Barnier... Um, he insisted that the plan remains at the heart of the EU's efforts to protect the single market. The backstop is part and parcel of the withdrawal agreement, and this agreement will not be renegotiated. It seems reasonably. Uh, it seems I think it's still fluid. Clear, it? Yeah. <laughs> I think the EU are going to are going to renegotiate this. All still to play for. All though. to play for. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, the the idea that Theresa May has managed to unite her party. And the country on Tuesday is nonsense. It's as divided as ever. Yes, absolutely. The idea that MPs, you know, the Tories and the DUP and some Labour rebels who have been egged on by Corbyn vacillating hopelessly about this managed to come together is nonsense, isn't it? Because they might have voted for an amendment, but they're still split in several ways. And really, we could have a no deal. We could have May's deal... Now, but with a few Labour, backed up by a few Labour MPs who've been bribed with some oh, well. promise of financial aid or workers' rights. I was going to ask you about that. We could have Norway. We could not have no agreement at all. Who who knows? You know. I think it's been re- renegotiated. I think the EU have been quite clear that yeah, <laughs> happy yeah. to sit around Come until back start. To the table. <laughs> well, but you mentioned Jeremy there, um, Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. He he. Jeremy is, Fisher. He's met with um, or what was the? You remember J R Hartley? Oh yes, my name. Yeah, J R Hartley. Hartley. <laughs> what was what was the J stand for? Was like, was he a Jeremy? He might have been a John or a Jeffrey or a J. Je- oh yeah, he did look like been. a J- Jeffrey Hartley. Jeffrey Hartley. They actually wrote that book in the end. Yes, they did. Yes, <laughs> I think they worked out that the target audience for that book was idiots, didn't they? <laughs> Oh, people who like fly fishing. Non-existent <laughs> book from a TV advert. Do you know when that... like the nice old man When the it. old boy died, they, oh, they played the advert again. They bought ad space and replayed that advert Did when he died. in yeah. tribute to J.R. Yeah. Hartley? In tribute to where the actor, actor was, yeah. Right, OK. I mean... My favourite bit wasn't when he found it, it was when he couldn't find it, because that's just the way I am. It was good, wasn't it? With the slightly mournful, um, yeah, the, yeah, the slightly mournful music. Music in the background, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There were some good yellow pages adverts. Do you remember the one with the kids who had a party and their parents were coming French back? French polishers, yeah. <laughs> it's possible you might save my life. What I learned from that was, if your parents go away, don't have a party the night before they're coming no. back. That was stupid. But also, you know, French polishers. 
Um, so everyone well, needs them. Yeah. Um, Jeremy is Jeremy. Uh, has had discussions with Theresa May. Um, they uh, had a sense. No, wait a minute. They didn't have a sensible discussion. Well, perhaps they did. Um, they. Uh, they had serious talks. Yes. The leader of the opposition, the prime minister, and he set out the labour case for a comprehensive customs union with yes. the European Union in order to project jobs in this country. That's a little bit like Theresa May wanting the EU to renegotiate, isn't it, Jeremy? She's sitting and talking to Theresa May about a customs union that she has consistently said that we're leaving. <laughs> <No>. Help! <laughs> Everyone's insane. We're just trapped in Just talking. It's basically like you going, I love Man City the most and they're the best, and me going, I love Huddersfield Town and they're the best. And yes. then you going, no, Man City. And me Although, going, no, Huddersfield. Well, I don't Man City, I'll bet they're that is true, but I, but you know, temporarily. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. It's been a long time since Huddersfield bet the Man City. It's about fifteen years. It's not that long time. It's not that long, is it? Well, it's been a week's well, long time in politics. Yes, yes. Just to say. And talking off the telly. Hey, did you? Yeah. Did you? Who was it who said that? Was that uh, Wilson? Harold Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Where's he from? Huddersfield. Ah, Huddersfield yeah. the Man City again. Yeah. That, that proves it. Talking of football. Yes. Fergie time. Fergie time. Well, that's what I have. Uh, I have christened uh, Jeremy Hunt's uh, uh, suggestion. Fergie time. Yes. That we could. We could actually. I mean, this is clearly, obviously, coming. You know, from the from the top. From if Hunt's the talking top, about yeah. it. So he ha- he was questioned um, about whether you know ha- how on earth we were we were going to be able to leave on on March the twenty ninth. Which I mean, I really honestly cannot see how we can. Um, he he said that they may need extra time to pass new laws. Yes. Because and and you know laws do tend to take quite a while to pass. So I don't know how long this extra time is going to be. Well, this is a quite worrying scenario, isn't it, that Jeremy Hunt is painting? Because he's basically saying, you know, it, it's quite likely that arguing about this is going to take all the time up until yeah. the twenty ninth. Yeah. And of course, yeah. the the EU summit is is. Do you know when the EU summit is? <laughs> when we're going to have to, um, you know, and let's be honest, it is going. To, this is going to go down to it, isn't it? Yeah. So the next EU summit, which will feature Theresa May basically on her knees, going, <laughs> just give me something, talking anything, talking that little, please, um, is on the twenty first of March. So, so <sighs> he is saying, and there are there are eleven categories, but it's good news because they're only. Involving minor things yeah. like medicines yeah. and um, yeah. you know, freight and stuff like that. You know, eight out of eleven broad policy areas, according to the it Independent Institute. Oh, it's only government. eight, is it? Only eight oh, of that's eleven. Good. Oh, so, it's only so, eight of the eleven. Um, We've done three. <clears throat> IFG director Bromwell Maddox um, <laughs> said that um, the UK is clearly not ready for No Deal. <sighs> Um, she said, the disruption from no deal, simply for the lack of preparation, would be extremely damaging. It cannot be dismissed as a mere blip. Yes. I will just point out again that the IFG um, holds no party allegiances. They are completely independent. That's what they say. Yes. You have to kind of believe them. So, uh, so I mean, this is, this is for, the, for all the people who are saying, you know, it's, it should be no deal, and, and that appears to be a... Slightly grow a worryingly growing number of people in the in and the now country. That's something I was going to ask you about as well. Do you think that's just because people are going, oh, just get on with it? Yes, I think it is. Mm. Yeah, and also I think that, well, I mean, the last poll that we that we saw that asked this question, 
people believe that no deal. Some a lot of people believe that no deal meant staying in the the EU. Oh no. Um, oh no, that's the most painful thing I've yeah, heard in yeah, a long yeah. time. It was up from about four percent of people the last time they said, "What does no deal mean?" to about fifteen percent of people who said, "Yeah, oh, no deal means that we just stay in the EU." That reminds me of that woman who, the day after the, <laughs> do you remember her? Yes, I do. She voted leave, yeah. and she was like, oh, "I didn't mean to." Yeah. What no. was her reasoning for voting leave? <laughs> I didn't think we'd actually leave. I didn't think we'd do it. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Hunt said, "Yes, yes, yes." I mean, Jeremy Hunt said, "I think it's true that if we ended up approving a deal in the days before March the 29th, I'm going to stop you there, Jeremy. These are the days before March the 29th. (laughs) This is them. We're in them. We're in them. (laughs) Um, In the days before 29th of March, so we might need some extra time to pass critical legislation." But if we're able to make progress sooner, that might not be necessary. He added in a jaunty voice. Uh, no deal is, you know, I mean, whatever this Spellman and Dromi, um, which is, it sounds like a sort of Spellman and Dromi. Spellman and Dromi. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? What would he do? Have an accident that's not your fault? That's it. It'd be ambulance chasing lawyers. It could be ambulance chasing lawyers, or it could be a sort of hipster um, bar, couldn't it? Ooh. But they don't, they only serve um, like brandy. Yeah, a sort of, yes, an artisan brandy. the bar, yeah, yeah. but you have to access it through a secret door in the offices <laughs> of an ambulance chasing uh, legal firm. Spellman and have, you, have you ever worked in an office that's had a secret door into a bar? No. Oh, I have. Have you? Yeah. That's good. Where was that? Where was the secret door? Not no. telling. Oh, okay. It's still a secret. <laughs> it's this office. It's no one showing you. Why is everyone so mean to me? Um, but there's, you know, whatever that amendment says it is non-binding isn't it so the Spellman and Dromey amendment sorry <coughs> if um, sorry if you, you I'm going to uh, quickly for you here but the Spellman and Dromey amendment says that we shouldn't have a no deal yeah. but it doesn't re- it's not binding and it doesn't really put any meat on the bones of that and no. our, our colleague James Ball has written in this week's excellent print edition of the New European that it is like being on board an aeroplane which is running out of fuel mm. and when you point this out to the first class passengers they say don't worry everything's going to be okay we've had a vote that we're not going to crash um, <laughs> so um, yes so it, is, it, it is that and Goldman Sachs who have never been wrong about anything in the past obviously <laughs> have increased their, Goldman Sachs would like to sponsor the podcast they, exactly <laughs> they've got a, they've got a little Brexitometer now which is something that I've you know we've, we've, we've sort of done on here haven't we and talked yeah. about the, the risks the, the, the odds of, of stuff <clears throat> it's and like the doomsday clock isn't it, it it is in Watchmen yeah and they they have now moved the chance of no deal up to 15% up mm. 5% mm. Uh, no Brexit is down 5% yes. at 35% and yeah. the deal is at 50% so they and, I think, and I think that no Brexit is too high down at 35% I've got to say obviously yes. I want it with 100% oh, of my family every <clears throat> fibre of my being well let's do let's let's do this this section of the podcast is not sponsored by Goldman Sachs yeah. But it is inspired by Goldman Sachs. It is. Give us your bre- Brexitometer. I would call it the Brexometer. The Brexometer. Yeah. I would say no deal, 30%. Right. No Brexit, 20%. And yeah. deal, 50%. Okay. I'm going to go no deal. Do a really complicated one so you won't know what to do. 
fantastic, wouldn't you, for doing tens? 37.3. <laughs> I reckon no deal probably about, I, I, I'd go as high as 30%. Yeah. Um, I would say a deal is about 60%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and sadly. So it's even lower. Very then, sadly. Yeah. It's even lower. But, you know, there is still hope, isn't hey, there? We while, to, we, while we breathe, we hope. We have to get to the end of the process, don't we? Yeah. So to get to, well, so to get to a second referendum or even, look, let's just even take delaying Article 50. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, what has to happen for that? We have to properly rule out no deal in some binding form. Yeah. This may attempt to, well, the, the backstop can't be renegotiated, mm-hmm. um, which I think is probably going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, May's attempt to win over some of the Labour Party fails, and the attempt by um, Amber Rudd and Greg Clark and, frankly, Philip Hammond, really, yeah, isn't it, yeah, yeah. who is behind this, to move people towards Norway, um, to move May towards Norway, or just being in a customs union. That also fails. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mays just isn't just. I can't see this at all. Can you? And do you, do you honestly think that Greg Clark and Amber Rudd is Amber Rudd really going to resign from a, a cabinet well, that she's just got back <clears> into? It seems unlikely. But if there was a no deal, now, now that would be messy. If there was the only option was no deal, and remember that is the option. Yeah. If we don't have a deal, or, or that's it. Yeah. That is what's happening. It's written yeah, yeah. into law. And uh, there was a lot of people who were pleased about the No Deal um, vote on, on Tuesday evening, but it, like you say, it's not binding. No, it's not It binding, remains so. there, um, I, I, it's a thing and it could happen, and I am increasingly concerned about us almost sleepwalking into it or doing it by accident. Yes, uh, yes. I mean, this is, the, this is the really disappointing thing about the, those 25 Labour MPs who voted or who refused to back the Yvette Cooper yeah. Um, yeah. amendment, which would have delayed Article 50 by three months, nine months, whatever. So, do you? The, we touched on it earlier, and I, I wanted to come back to it. The the money that um, Theresa May is sort of oh yeah, she's, show, she's showing a bit of leg, isn't she? Um, financial leg, yeah, yeah, a bit of financial leg, and saying um, that the uh, leave voting areas um, that have. Yeah, been some would say, and I would I would agree to some extent have been hit the hardest by austerity, but then were probably hit the hardest in the eighties as well. Yes, Uh, you know we're talking consistently shafted. We're talking the the north and uh, South Yorkshire and places like that. Um, Those old coalfield communities, basically, yes, um, are going to get a bit of extra a bit of extra cash. Mm. Um, I mean, is that just Cynical, or is that overdue? Should we welcome it? I don't really know what to think of it. Well, I mean, it's it's a double-sided bribe. First, first of all, isn't it? Because there is this idea of the funding, the sort of jam tomorrow and cake tomorrow of of this funding, which is a good idea. But and then there's also the idea that they would enshrine quite a lot of workers' rights. So it's a, it's an appeal to. Labour, Labour, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to Labour MPs, particularly ones in leave voting yeah, areas, yeah. Uh, particularly the sort of the, the 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 ones who are, I guess, you know, it's, there there are. It might appeal to um, it might appeal to the likes of it might bring the likes of Kate Hoey and Frank mm-hmm. Field on side, but it would also bring on side people who were 
more um, of the left yeah, um, yeah. who um, who are in those areas and want those kind of things. Mm. However, the nonsense of all of this is that how much money is it going to be and where is it going to yeah, come exactly. from? Because we are spending a fortune on Brexit and after Brexit, especially you know, I mean, especially in a no deal in which this scenario wouldn't happen. But but we are going to be we're going to be in a very parlous financial situation uh-huh, after uh-huh. Brexit. Yeah. And only yesterday we learned about the European Investment Bank, which well, we're leaving is, on March the 29th as it stands. This is extraordinary. We're losing, we're about to lose. We've been in this for 47 years, yeah. haven't we? Have you got the figures to see it? Um, I'll tell you what, I'll... I'll we're going to get them. back everything that we put into it, which is three billion quid, isn't it? In the last decade, the European Investment Bank has pumped... 50 billion euros. Yes. Um, that's 43, uh, 43.5 billion pounds directly into the British economy. Yes. We're, we're In 2015, that money accounted for a third of total funding for UK infrastructure projects. Yes. And it's funded stuff like Crossrail, the big sewer in London, which you might have seen. That's from my favourite sewer. From the, of all the sewers. Of all. Apart from the one the tur- where the turtles live. What about Lucille the sewer? Real name of Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball. She, she <laughs> was very right. Is that right? That is right. Or, or is it Jan Crawford? I don't know. I'm going to have to check on that. If well, only there was some clearly kind not of, your favourite sewer. If only there was some kind of device which contained all of the world's knowledge that I was able to look that up in. If there, if there was, we would leave it. We, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Let me go into this story. It funded the tram network in Manchester. It funded, it funded the wind farm, that Scottish wind farm, Beatrice. Yeah. Um... So, you know, and we're coming out of this. And also, we get back the money we put in, but we don't get back any of the interest on it. But, so the, but, this is, but six, there's something weird going on. on 6.6 billion quid. There's something weird going on here, though, isn't there? Because the... Um, and this, I don't think this story was widely... Uh, I didn't see it around, really. It's widely been covered. But um, the, the Lords EU Financial Affairs Subcommittee have been scratching their heads, really, about this, because... Um, as part of the withdrawal agreement, the UK will receive 3.5 billion euros of capital. It's paid into the, the EIB, a, a rebate, I guess, to some extent. But we are due £6.6 billion in accumulated interest. Yes. And what, it doesn't seem like we're claiming it back. Yes. So why? What's going on? Why well, is she leaving that money there? Well, is it an oversight? That's it, yeah. We'll it's like the opposite of your tax bill. It is exactly the opposite of <laughs> But a similar bill. amount. That could pay off your uh, tax bill. It could. It, well, it would go some way towards paying it off. Six, but, six million, yeah. but, is, but what is she... You know, what, is, there, is there something dodgy going on here, or is it just an oversight? With, with Theresa May's government, it's probably just an oversight. It is, yeah, yeah. Lu, uh, Joan Crawford, of course, Lucy. Lucy of course. Lucy. I'm not cutting it out. Don't <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> your error's staining. No, I know, it's fine. <laughs> It's fine. Um, so yes, yeah, so so the fallacy is that um, that there is going to be a lot of funds to be spent after Brexit, which will go to all of these areas, um, and um, a, and that will be enough to persuade the twenty five or more to abstain or vote with the government. Yeah, because yeah. they won't be able to count on some of the real hard Brexit um, headbangers. Um, I really hope this doesn't come to pass. I noticed that, by the way, did, did you notice that the, um, the the 25 people who didn't support the Yvette Cooper amendment, was it was nothing 
the failure to get them on the side was nothing to do with Jeremy Corbyn. Did you notice that? Is that right? Yeah, Owen Jones wrote that. Well, it must be true. It must be true. There's quite. I'm getting. There's quite. Must be quite a long list of things that Owen Jones thinks are nothing to do with. It's not the fault of Jeremy Corbyn. Um, if you, if somebody said there's a man in who wanders around Islington in a really ill-fitting blue <laughs> shell suit with a copy of the Morning Star under his yes, arm, and he's got yes. quite a scraggly beard sometimes, you'd yeah. say, well, it's nothing to do with Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. And uh, the, the leader of the opposition wasn't very good today in PMQ. Well, that's nothing to do with nothing Jeremy Corbyn. Nothing to do with him. I would, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If Jeremy Corbyn just cut that bush back by his door, I'd like him a heck of a lot more than I do. do you, yeah. Get, I, I want to go around with some secretaires and... <laughs> wait, but what are you doing? Well, I'm just sick of looking at this flipping rose bush or whatever it is. Mm. He was very curt the other day when he came out of his house, wasn't it? Wednesday morning. He was quite curt. No comment, no comment, goodbye morning. <laughs> He didn't, he didn't adopt that Lord... No, he didn't. Do Lord, <laughs> Lord Snooty voice. That I don't know why. Very good if he I don't did. know why I put that on. Um, Steve, what it, oh, go, what, 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 what? Ramble some but more. what if it is no deal? <laughs> you know, what if it is no deal? Tuesday night was a, a dark night of the soul for me. Yes, and, I can um, tell you're still struggling and, with the Tuesday. Um, and I just, you know... I, did you I, stare into the abyss? I, I stared into the abyss, <laughs> yeah. I stared into the abyss and I... Did you saw, see yourself looking no, I saw back? the face of Andrew Burgon or whatever it's called. <laughs> Richard Burgon. And, uh, smiling. Oh God, smiling back at me and, you know. And, wave, and, and waving little union Steve flags. Baker. Yeah. All these, you know, I mean. Um, there I just, isn't much talent around, is and there? And I just thought, we are going to end up, and by, when I say we, I mean England here now. England is going to end up on its own. Yeah. completely on its own because if no deal happens that will be the end of the United Kingdom the Scots will go first the Welsh will come after them the not come after them we're <laughs> in their face they won't oh, do that I'll get you murdered Scotland the, the Northern Ireland which is already swinging isn't it which Clearly, we you know you thought would never happen. The swingers of Northern Ireland. I've not I phrased, wasn't thinking. I've not like phrased that. that very well. But, but go on. But you know that is already swinging towards unification, isn't it? That they will, you know, they these people, these places, people in these places are going to be attracted towards being in the EU, staying in the EU, and the yeah. EU. And when you know, when we had these last referendum things. <laughs> This really deep political analysis from Steve Anglesey. When, we, when had, we had these last referendum things. When we had these last <laughs> referendums in Scotland and Wales, the choice the choice was going it alone into uncertainty, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And making your own deal. Yeah. Who want to do that? And maybe you'd have to apply to the and then you'd be able to apply yeah. to the EU. Or it's it's staying, it's being lashed to a sinking ship, isn't it? Yeah. So England is going to be left on its own. We're going to be isolated. Even in our own island, we're going to have to have a. Never mind the border in the island of Ireland. We're going to have to have a border with the Scots. We're going to be border surrounded. The, border to the north, border to the west. I mean, what on earth is? We're going to be like some rubbish inversion of asterisk, aren't we? We're going to be left no, in inevitable goal. <coughs> tell you what we are. What we're going to be? San Marino. San Marino, yeah. Is San Marino in the EU? No. Trade deal, I'll get him on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to be 
It's going to be like the start of those asterisk books. We'll hopefully, we'll keep the Grand Prix. <laughs> Europe is still is occupied by common sense. Well, not entirely occupied. One small village is holding out against common sense. The little Englanders. First, I've got a, a fact that disastrous. I've been, I've been <laughs> disastrous. Did you know? It would be disastrous. Oh, what Boris? No, probably Farage because he's right. quite small. Any asterisk for goal. Oh yes, of course. I was Farage thinking of. With a um, little, I was thinking of his pal Obelix. Yeah, that would be boring. <laughs> that would be boring. Mind you, he's lost weight. Why? Obelix. <laughs> right, get a cartoonist right, on the phone. It. Okay. <laughs> um, I've two things I've got to say before we before we um, usher yeah. Jerry in. Did you know mm. that the Queen owns all the dolphins? Does she? She I mean, has she the swans. The dolphins in the English waters are owned by the Queen. Really? Yeah. Who they, have they got a slightly posher version of dolphin talk with other dolphins? When they're doing the old... Are they actually saying, have you come very far? What do you do? <laughs> I'm a dolphin. And the other like thing... you. And the other thing is, I want you to tell me the truth, right? Mm. Tell me the truth. <clears throat> a few weeks ago I set you a task. You may remember. No, I don't remember. Right, so, so the answer answer is no. probably no. I said to you, go away yeah. and download... Who are you saying go away? <laughs> that, that was different. Oh, OK. That was different. And I'm, I'm not opening the door at that time of night, Steve. I said, go away and download Blinkist, didn't I? Oh, yes, Blinkist. And did you? Be honest. Come on. No. Well, no. I did, right? OK. I did. Now, I'll, take, I'll have to tell you about Blinkist first. Yes, please. It is for people like us who mm. are very busy and perhaps yes. don't get time to sit down and, and read books as much as we'd like to. No. I listen to a lot of radio, so I've been listening in the car. Yeah. Perfectly safe, by the way. Don't want the rosas coming after me. And I've, I have listened to two books. Two books? Yeah. And what, what, what Blinkist does is it gives you the, the headlines. You get to learn the stuff without having to pile through it all. Right, OK. So I listened to Fire and Fury... Oh, right. Yeah, 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 by Michael Wolff, the Trump thing, and Becoming, the Michelle Obama. Oh, yeah. So I I feel like I am cleverer. Yes. I can talk about these things when it comes to my job, this right. podcast and other political yeah. things. I suggest that everyone goes and downloads Blinkist. I'm going to, yeah. Have you learned how to become Michelle Obama? No. Just by listening to Blinkist? No, but I could. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer. Just for you guys listening, go to Blinkist.com slash TNE to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash TNE to start your free seven-day trial. It's really cool. Uh, it is really cool. So go and check it out and learn all kinds of things. There is lots of books on there that you can digest in just a few minutes. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting Podcast One. Or order online at our website, www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Welcome back. Jerry is with me. Jerry, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's freezing. It is very, very, very cold. It's as frozen as the EU talks. Oh, 
Of course, that's laboured, wasn't it? Yeah, that was difficult. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> Let me just I hate myself. Tumbleweed out of the way. Um, Jerry, you were in Westminster on Tuesday, weren't you? Yeah, it's very exciting. For what you have just called Super Tuesday. Yes. Uh, well, I think we've had a Super Tuesday before. I think there's been a few Super so this Tuesdays. Is sort of Super Tuesday. Mark three, maybe. Mark three, perhaps. Um, <clears throat> I got the feeling. Uh, as a uh, as an observer on the TV, that it was fairly chaotic. But I mean, wh- how did the day pan out? When because the debate started at what uh, twelve mm-hmm. eleven, um, it, was was it just people dashing around everywhere and complete chaos? I mean, just give us an insight into what it's like to be in Parliament on on a big day like that. Yeah, I mean. People were obviously kind of talking about it, thinking about it. It was there was loads of media there. The place was crawling with you know people like me and you, yeah. um, which which some would say is a treat, others would say is um, disastrous. But yeah, the place was absolutely crawling, and it was you know it was chaotic. I was speaking to a couple of um, you know members of MP staff who were kind of saying you know yeah. We're rushed off our feet. It's manic. We don't really know what's they going on. They always look like special advisors, or they. they <laughs> I think in I mean, when you've got your your pass on in in Westminster, you, they're all coloured differently. So you can tell people what people do, mm-hmm. um, and <clears throat> uh, but you don't actually need to do that. I think you can usually tell what someone does by how quickly they walk. Oh, fun game! Yeah, yeah, I know, and, and I've spent a lot of time playing it. And I think, on my analysis, it is the younger special advisers who are the quickest walkers mm-hmm. around Parliament. And um, I think it, it gives them an air of power which they haven't really got. <laughs> and it makes them look perhaps busier than they actually are. Um, but I, I can't imagine... laugh, I use that trick as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, but I do imagine they were busy on, on Tuesday. Yeah, they are pretty busy. I spoke to a few MPs during the day, kind of before the voting started, about how they thought things were going to go. Mm-hmm. And... It's, it's the same old story, isn't it? Everyone's just kind of like, don't know, don't know. I think people expected um, the Yvette Cooper amendment to pass. Um, a couple of people said that to me, but um, but clearly it didn't. Well, people, so on that one, um, was there a lot of people talking it up beforehand in a kind of scramble to try and get it? get it over the line is that what you found from yeah I think so and it was you know it was mostly Tory MPs I was speaking to on Tuesday as well you know uh-huh. they, and they uh-huh. were expecting it to to get over the oh, line okay. um, which it, which is interesting um, obviously it ended up not not happening um, but it's still just a sense of we don't know and you know a few people I spoke to afterwards kind of said the amendments that did pass it didn't make too much of a difference because well this is that that is what it felt like looking i think for a lot of people now um you know brexit happened and they then went about their business yeah nothing really changed we've had you know two football seasons wimbledon's been on it's snowed it's icy it's christmas it's easter it's a heat wave and then oh brexit oh yeah i remember that yeah yeah. And people are starting to engage a little bit more now. But I think if they suddenly came back in to the Brexit room, as it were, on Tuesday night, they would have gone, huh? Yeah. Because, you know, my mum, for example, who's a bit more engaged than that, I would suggest, but, but not certainly following it as closely as we are, said, but they didn't vote on the deal. Yeah, so actually I was on, on you know, June on the way home and um, I heard a couple of people sitting together and someone went, oh, that's happened, that's happened. 
what does that mean then? The person that's went, meh. Yeah. And that's kind of the... I mean, the parliamentary is process is very complicated and, and very difficult to follow for, for you know, people who haven't read umpteen books about it. And I think even even we would get tripped over by it often. Uh, but w- w- so the vote, the votes, they start the the first division. I think was at seven, was it? Yes, right, it was. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then just what whips and MPs, and they're just like a big bundle of politicos and politicians rumbling in and out of lobbies, going back in. I mean, so I, what I, was I the was, tension like when the results were coming through? Yeah, so I was in, in seven from seven. Um, Unlock! <laughs> it, was, it was all of that, yes. <laughs> um, there were a lot of glum faces. Was there? There were a lot of glum faces. I don't think anyone's happy. No one seemed happy not with anything that's thing. going on. No, no one's enjoying it. Oh, um, apart from me and you. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I am, to so yeah, there are a lot of fun faces, kind of a lot of people running about and things like that. But um, it's quite interesting to look into the public gallery actually and yeah. see. Was that full? It was full, yeah, yeah. which um, which is encouraging yeah. in lots of yeah, ways. Yeah. But a lot of confusion. Yeah. A lot of kind of people looking at each other and kind of asking each other what was going on uh-huh, next uh-huh. and things like that. So that was interesting too. Um, but yeah, essentially, it's um, it's all really contradictory, isn't it? Because now she's got to go back. To try and renegotiate. She's been told to go back by, um, by this amendment, and but they have already said no, we're not reopening it. Meanwhile, the other amendment said that they won't accept a no deal. So where are we? Oh well, quite. The eyes have it. The mm-hmm. eyes have it. Unlock. Alavola. Um, the chatter among the journalists because we're a cynical bunch, aren't we? And. We always think the worst of everyone. What was the what was the chatter on Tuesday with the with the sort of lobby pack and the political journalists down there? What were... Yeah, um, so there were a lot of kind of you know procedural questions being yeah. thrown about <laughs> yeah. because it was quite a complex situation where and this is first time stuff. A lot of the time we're, we're getting in Brexit, isn't absolutely, it? or certainly it, in living memory. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of it was kind of well, if this amendment passes, this next one can't pass, yeah. but if this one can, or it could be a combination of A, B, C, and D, etc., etc. So there was quite a bit of confusion about what could happen, what would happen. Um, but again, it's just it's just an absolute melee of confusion in there at the moment for everyone. Mm. I think mm. you, you step in there and everyone's just kind of going, "What on earth is happening? What on earth is going on?" Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens next. So we had a brief conversation, didn't we? As sort of just after the results had come through, yeah. And and I I was thinking, you were sort of suggesting, you know, what is the line from this? You know, I mean, it's and it's yeah. and it's tricky. And I and I, I think I suspect just something like chaos, chaos, and more chaos. I was thinking, that is just what you should have written. You should have just, just done seven hundred words. Times, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that, that was essentially it. And yeah, I do, obviously, we did eventually find the line. <laughs> well, there was plenty of lines. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, so yeah. It's like no, which absolutely. one? You know, yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, yeah but you're, you're quite right. I could have easily just written the word chaos six hundred fifty times and filed that. And um, would have been good, you know. Well, someone might have published it. I think. <laughs> nah. Yeah, they probably would. Did, did anyone publish your piece that you actually wrote? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> so, so now, what happens now? I don't know what happens now. What happens now? But like, this has been banging my head against the table. So, 
Theresa May has been told she has to go back to the EU to try and renegotiate this backstop yeah, issue. Yeah. So many people are talking about this. They will, of course, it appears sit not. They've already said, well, what was it, yeah. seven minutes after she yeah. made her statement, they then issued theirs saying, no. Yeah. <laughs> Book those flights to Brussels and cancel those flights <laughs> to Brussels. Um, so, I don't really know where she can go. She speaks to Jeremy Corbyn, isn't she? But... Well, that really it, it's a weird thing, though, isn't it? Because Parliament is say Parliament is, is starting to make itself heard. It's starting to to get some control back, um, or well, not control so much as influence back, I guess. Um, it, it, this is a government that has been um, fairly open in railroading stuff through uh, Parliament previously, not just Brexit stuff, other stuff as well. Without you know. Um, respecting opposition days and all sorts of things like that. They've used every trick in the book to try and avoid any kind of confrontation or vote. They couldn't do that with Brexit, of course. So th- there is some stuff coming... I mean, but, but the, Brady, um, the Brady Amendment, which basically says... You should, you, go. you should go back to the EU <laughs> and renegotiate. All right, so it passed. But, I mean, OK, but they don't want to renegotiate. No, so you can't force them. And I, I suppose the one good thing that did come out of Tuesday is that the Spellman Amendment tries to rule out a no deal. Not binding, it's not, it's not it? binding, but it's got Jeremy Corbyn to the table. True, true. So I guess that is... It's difficult to call it progress, but in the deadlock times that we're in, I guess a centimetre of progress is better than nothing. But um, So I believe she's talking about um, making a Brexit statement on February the 13th, somewhere yes. around Valentine's yes, Day. Yes, love is in the air. Yeah. Um, and no love lost, etc. Et and there we go. So, and yet for the general public, they were told what three, four weeks ago is it that long? Two, three, I don't know. That this is the vote, yeah. this is the day. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah. They were told that you're super Tuesday, this is the day. Oh, no, it's not. And all the time, we're just kind of hurtling closer to much. Of I think it's pretty accepted now that. Okay. Well, going to have to be extended, isn't so it? I've just had me and Steve have just been playing a little game, and I'd like you to take part as well before you leave us off back to your Westminster bubble. Um, Goldman Sachs have got a Brexitometer. Have they? I would call it the Brexometer. I think they've missed a trick. Yeah. But anyway, and that gives you a background? percentage. I don't have a PR background. That's the most offensive thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> the um, Goldman Sachs. Um, Goldman Sachs, no offence to PRs, if a PR would like to sponsor the podcast, um, <laughs> if Goldman Sachs, I've already said that, um, the Brexitometer, right, gives the percentage, uh, you're looking confused, the percentage out of 100, I don't do math, I do the words. <laughs> um, of no deal, um, deal mm-hmm. on no Brexit. Ooh. And I said I thought no Brexit was only about 10% now. Mm. I thought that um, a deal was about 60% mm-hmm. and no deal about 30 What do you think? I'm going to go no Brexit. See, the way you said that makes me think that you lowballed it, so I'm going to go with 17%. Right. <laughs> go on. Uh, no deal, I'm going to go... <laughs> 70%. Right, right. Deal, let's go 40%. <laughs> Jerry! Am I way off? Well, I'm just... See, what did you see? <laughs> <laughs> Jerry! <laughs> Jerry, you said... No, you said... Wait, no, did it wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. 
Ladies and gentlemen, she's right. She does the words, not the maths. Jerry, thank you very much. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back, Steve. You're going to tell us about the Brexiteer of the Week, aren't you? You're going to crown a Brexiteer of the Week. I am. But I was just looking on my Blinkist app. Oh, yeah. And you can download How to Win Friends and Influence People. I thought that might be a good one for you to start with. It would be uh, it would be very useful to me. That would be very useful. Since I have no friends and can not in- <laughs> therefore not influence them or anyone else. Talking to people with no friends. Yeah. Who's the Brexit Tears of the Week? Uh, let's start with a lady called Cara Sandys, who's oh, yeah. on a um, Sky News Vox Pop from <laughs> Southampton. I, I was unaware of Cara Sandys' work before, before then. this. And I'm always reluctant to put members of the, the general public in here. But something that she said really uh, I thought was worth highlighting. And she's a jewellery saleswoman. And I started, my little ears pricked up when she started talking because she, the first thing she said was that she'd narrowly yeah. voted to leave. Bejeweled, yes. Yeah, she said, I'm, I, I narrowly voted to leave. <laughs> I narrowly voted to leave? It's like saying, I'm narrowly pregnant. Yeah. Or... <laughs> uh, and she said, actually, I, I could vote in, which I'm not sure was really the case. She said, I, I, I did have the option of, of having a vote in... Swansea rather than Southampton and if I'd voted in Swansea I would have voted Remain because I can look round Swansea and I can see the benefits of EU investment are obvious come on however she said that she had voted to leave uh, in Southampton because she said when you walk into the city centre you constantly heard East European accents oh my goodness you'd see beer cans with Eastern European writing (laughs) Lying by park benches. <laughs> so she voted. So she voted leave because she was sick of seeing Eastern European beer cans with Eastern European writing on them by park benches. And that is Brexit in a nutshell, isn't it? Strong stuff, though. We isn't don't it? care about Theresa May kicking the can down the road as long as it's is not it, a can of tisky. Is that how you say it? Tisky. I've never, I've never know. tried it, but I think it's quite strong, isn't it? It's, it's it stellar. It appears to be quite strong, doesn't it? Mm. Um, and I would say that its use is not limited to Eastern Europeans, is it? Certainly not. No. Very much not. But it's not cheap either. Is it not? I think it's. I think we, for whatever reason, see it as a bit like special brew. But I've seen it in packs of premium lager and stuff. Oh right. Well, there, you could get a very large can of it as well, can't you? Oh, can you? By the way, a bucket of it. There's a there's a, a really tall can of it, like a two yeah. pinter. Yeah. Oh, it sounds great. It's a, Thirsty yeah. now. Yeah. Anyway, if Tisky wants to sponsor the New European podcast... <laughs> or just send us some or beer. Or just send us some beer. <laughs> we should do the pod drunk, shouldn't we? Yeah, drunk pod. Drunk pod. It's quite a good idea. Uh, next up, mm. I've got uh, Nigel Farage, and I'm lumping him in with unbiased John Humphreys. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you saw Nigel Farage on Claire Byrne Live, which is on RTE, the Irish TV station. I, I do not have access. Ultimately, Ireland is going to leave the EU. Of course, he, he said. said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which Claire Byrne... Rightly uh, picked him up on, and uh, John Unbiased Humphreys had Helen McEntee on, who is Ireland's um, EU minister, minister for Europe, uh, and he said um, instead of Dublin telling this country that we've got to stay in the single market in the customs union, uh-huh. why doesn't Dublin? Why don't you in the Republic of Ireland leave the EU and throw your lot in with this country? To which. Helen McEntee and Claire Byrne had to tell these 
why English men, uh, fools, that in the last poll uh, that was held on Irexit, Irexit. I don't know, but either way, it's going down an alley. I'm not keen on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was held last May. The yeah. support for Remain was 92. percent Which I, I mean, Brexit's gone so well since then that I imagine it's probably like 90, 99. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the others are just ones that do by accident, probably. Uh, now, when we were talking about people with, who sound different to us, are we the Irish? Yes. And um, I wanted. My grandmother to, was Irish. I wanted to mention. Um, was she? Yes. What was she called? Mona. Mona? Yeah, she was a grand old girl. Was she serenaded by Craig McLaughlin from the Neighbours? Yeah, hey, Mona, he used to shout. She would call the police. And then didn't Oasis do a song that was exactly like Mona, but they just changed the name to Lila? That's right. (laughs) Hey, Lila. That was (laughs) what an abomination that was. That was brilliant, wasn't it? But it was exactly the same song, wasn't it? Well, it was exactly the same chorus. I think you're right there. Did you... Now, can we just stop for a second before yeah. I talk yeah, about yeah, the yeah. second Brexit? Yeah, yeah, stop. Because this might be familiar to you, and it might be familiar to the new European listener yeah. at home, Yeah. but I've never heard this story before. Go on. But the other day on social media... Uh-huh. Um, in fact, it was it was one of the things that cheered me up on Wednesday morning. All right, good. Um and it hopefully will cheer you up too, and it was a clip of Noel Gallagher talking about Liam Gallagher, and he said um, when they were friends, Liam Gallagher had come round to Noel Gallagher's house the day after Noel Gallagher had had a huge party, Mm -hmm. to which Liam Gallagher clearly had not been invited. And he opened the fridge, and there was a bottle of champagne in the fridge with (laughs) a fork in in the neck of the bottle of champagne. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which people do. I used to put a spoon. Spoon, I and, would use, uh, spoon, yeah, 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 to keep people, the bubbles. And people say it keeps, does it, is it, it does keeps it? the bubbles in. I'm not well, sure. Well, I think I think it actually doesn't. But yeah. it's a it's an urban myth, yeah. isn't it? That yeah. it does. That yeah. it keeps it fresh. And Liam Gallagher said to him, "I'm not going to do the accent largely because it's so like that." Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do the accent. But he said, um, he said, in your kid, head, do you sound like? I sound like the Duke of Edinburgh, yeah. Sorry, go on. And uh, and he said, um, and he said, what's what? What have you got a, a fork in your champagne bottle for? And Noel Gallagher said, it, well, it helps keep it fresh. And he said, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. And he said, no, it really does. It actually does. And he said, he said that Noel Gallagher had calls to go round to Liam Gallagher's house the next week, and opened the fridge, and there was a bottle of milk with a fork in it. <laughs> A fork in a bottle of milk to keep it fresh. I would like to say, and I always say this whenever Liam Gallagher comes up in conversation, I would like to say that I have, um, I met him once, I'm sure he remembers it, of course. Yes. And I've been around him in pubs and things a few times, and he is the nicest, politest pop star I think I've ever seen with the general public. He's brilliant with them. Very nice. So here is to Liam. Good. And with a nice fresh bottle of milk. With Cheers. a fork in it. <laughs> anyway, talking of accents, Darren Grimes. Remember Darren Grimes? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Believe. Yeah, and, and how's his crowdfunding going for his uh, call battle? I think it's, sadly, I think it's gone quite well for him. Oh. But he was fined £20,000, reported to the police, wasn't he, mm-hmm. for breaches of electoral law. Mm-hmm. Believe campaign was mm. it colluding with vote leave? Do you think he was a scapegoat? Oh, we probably can't talk about it. No, we'll leave that for um, another time. Anyway, 
He's still he's, he's still um, banging his little drum on mm-hmm. um, on social media. He appears on Sky News quite yeah. often, doesn't he? Yeah. Which is quite unusual, I think, for somebody who's under police police investigation. But never mind. Good luck to Darren. Yeah. And he um, last week he tweeted what he claims are the words of, uh, and I'm quoting here. Uh, these are the words of a trade union friend on taking no deal off of the table. Mm-hmm. And Darren Grimes claims his chum said. Why I, man, I've never heard so much guff in all me life. It's like walking into a pay negotiation with a business and telling them from the off that they needn't bother as you're not willing to strike anyway. Why I, man, right. I've never heard so much guff in all me life. How weird, and, How weird Darren. Uh, it's, there does sound... <coughs> It does sound a little fishy, that, doesn't it? I, th- I believe in completely. Or is it a little fishy on a dishy when <laughs> comes in? Is it like that, Darren? Um, I don't know. Do people talk like that there? Well, you know, I had a news editor who used to say you can, te- you, can tell when, um, you can tell when courts are... You can always tell when, you know, scrupulous journalists have been making up quotes, and that sounds like one that's... Well, perhaps it sounds like perhaps a, not verbatim. Let's put it that way. It sounds like it may have had a, a little extra gravy on it. Grimes, uh, Grimes gravy. Yeah. Um, but the Brexiteer of the week is Mark Francois. Oh, Rayleigh. First time ever, I think. MP. It is yeah. his first time ever as Brexiteer Congrats. of the week. Congrats. Uh, you probably have seen him laying into the CEO of Airbus, Tom Enders. The Enders is nigh, <laughs> uh, and Tom Enders basically said. Brexit was a disaster and some Brexiteers were, were a bit thick, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, and um, he, Marc Francois, he went crazy about this. He said that uh, Tom Enders was a German paratrooper in his youth. Now, Tom Enders was born in 1958. Right. You know, because he because he, he, he was in the territorial German army and learned how to jump out of a plane, I'm not sure that makes him a German paratrooper. It certainly doesn't. And he said, Mr. Enders' intervention is a classic example of the tu- of Teutonic arrogance. My father, Reginald Francois, was a D-Day veteran. He never submitted to bullying by any German, and neither will his son. <sighs> and, you know, we are trapped, aren't we, in this thing, in this country of, you know, a war that we... Two world wars and one world cup. Yeah, you know... And I mean, it is really sad that an MP is using that, that sort of stuff. And it's particularly sad that it's Marc Francois who won't reconcile with former enemies because his dad, who he mentioned, Reginald Francois, who he's rightly, rightly proud of, he was a, Reg, a Royal Navy engineer in the war, Reginald Francois. Uh-huh. And then in the early 1960s, he married a woman who was working as an au pair, and she was Italian. Right. She was. From she was she was from somebody who was a, a country that was fighting on the other side to us in the war, Mark. The war <laughs> that you keep going on about. Your mum, your mum, and she was working as an au pair in the nineteen sixties. She came to Britain from Italy to work as an au pair, and I bet she wasn't earning thirty thousand pound a year like you and your mates want all the immigrants from the EU to have to earn before we let them in. Definitely not. So Mark Francois, fucking idiot, and Brexiteer of the week. Congratulations. What should the listener do right now? Go out, run into the street, shout, Marc Francois is a f***ing idiot, and wave your fist at the sky. <laughs> Other than that, you can follow the New European on Facebook. 
you can join the New Europeans Facebook readers group where the level of discourse is high. Absolutely. Uh, if you like Twitter, where the level of discourse is lower, frankly, especially if you, if do, you follow me. If you do go out and wave your fist at the sky and swear, yeah. then film it and you know copy us in and put it on social media. Yeah. We'd like that. You can follow you at Porrit, can't you? You can follow me at... <laughs> oh, you're mixing it up. We're using at the end. You can follow me at Sanglesey, <laughs> S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. You can follow the New European at the New European... If by some reason you've actually enjoyed this podcast, <laughs> I mean, I was good again, but I don't know. <laughs> well, or if you haven't, you Despite can actually... Despite Blinkist, I'm not sure he's still up to it, this, this lad. But anyway, <laughs> but I was on fire. If you like this podcast, you can give us lots of lovely stars and great reviews on your podcatcher of choice. We're on, what are we on? We're on audio. Brain. We're on all. We're on Spotify We're on now. Spotify, aren't we? yeah, yeah, yeah. I've listened to us on Spotify. The I would day. love well, Spotify. I, well, I did. It wasn't in my house though because BT can't deliver my broadband. But it was, it was in somebody <laughs> else's house, and I was able. Were you to just go, hanging around the front door? And I was able to say, Alexa, can you play the New European podcast on Spotify? Which oh, I've got to do that when I go around people's houses. Yeah, of course, you can. That's do it. brilliant. Uh, you can do it, or on iOS. Um, and uh, the other thing you can do, yeah, help keep hope. And the new European alive. You can Absolutely. go to steadyhq.com uh, and search for the new European or go directly to steadyhq.com slash en slash the new European and you can pledge some money to us uh, to support our campaign against Brexit. And these people have done so and we love them all. Uh, Myrie Clark, Andrew Stott, Patricia Camilleri, Venetia Kane, Rebecca Warren, Neil Payne, Neil Conti, Keith Morrow, Miranda Latham and Jason Shelley. Once more, Myrie Clark, Andrew Stott, Patricia Camilleri, Venetia Kane, Rebecca Warren, Neil Payne, Neil Conti, Keith Morrow, Miranda Latham and Jason Shelley. Each and every one a hero. Yes. Steve, thank you. That was the New European Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It really does mean the world to us. If you haven't already, go and buy the paper. It's £2.50. It's on sale now in all good newsagents. The cover is one of my favourites. Um, I hope I'm spoil it for you, but take a look. We'll be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, play your bagpipes. Here you go. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.